on this episode, we do a Mother's Day recap. Oh, yeah. You were there for it. I sure was. Talk about how my Mother's Day went down. I also am going to read some Mother's Day cards to you that are from my children. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. We also introduced two new segments. Yeah. Mixing it up. Mm -hmm. Got some new stuff. And I read a letter from Jenna. Mm-hmm. And it's about time because this came in last fall sometime. Oh, we're getting to Jenna. <laughs> we are getting to Jenna. Cool. We also have a phone <laughs> pod. So wow. lots going on today. Yeah, and Fanny Fact Check is one of the new segments, so uh-huh. we'll hear from her as well. Should we do it? I think we should. Boom, let's do it. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Oh, I'm Mary. <laughs> and I'm Shelly. She was looking at me like, are you going to say your name? Uncomfortable pause. <laughs> but we got it all I out. was completely comfortable were during you? that entire pause. I thought you were just maybe forgetting maybe how I this was, show uh, goes. Just taking a little breather. Just resting. I mean, we are 73 at this point episodes in, not including our letters episodes. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you just Mm -hmm. need a little break, a little... (sighs) Sometimes you just need to pause, (laughs) sit back and reflect on everything. Speaking of reflecting, (laughs) that was a good segue, huh? Was it? I didn't even mean to do that. Accidental segue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're going to look back on Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, let's let's reflect, yeah. shall we? I know a lot of people hated their Mother's Day, and rightfully so. A lot of people have either estranged mothers, crappy mothers, no mothers, or people, moms, actual mothers, have estranged relationships with their kids. Anyway, it can just really suck. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. And some people enjoy Mother's Day, and it's okay on both sides. Oh, I want to give a shout-out to the mothers who used to be fathers Yes. right now. This is your moment. Your moment. Yep. And that could be a strained relationship potentially with your children. And Mm -hmm. our heart goes out to you. Yes. We see you. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. We love you. Yes. Absolutely. We are inclusive here. We do our very, very best to be inclusive. Yes, we try. Mm -hmm. We try. Let us know if we are leaving anyone out. We certainly do not want to do that. Mm -hmm. Correct. All right. Let's hear about your Mother's Day. So my Mother's Day actually turned out... Really good. Really good. And I know everyone is worried about me um, because, you know, the last couple episodes, I've been talking about the situation with my son, Gavin, about how he's upset about life generally and that I'm to blame. And, I, you know, I, I feel and I understand he's very angry right now. And so I, I decided to throw a Mother's Day barbecue for myself at my new house with Mary. Or my new house with Shelly. Well, I was going to say at our new house. Okay, let's let's sidetrack this. Listen up, people. If you're talking to someone, like let's say I'm talking to Brent, okay, my ex, and I'm like, so I was going to have the kids over and I'm going to have a barbecue. Or when you say, kids, come over to my place. That's different when you're with your kids and I'm not around. If I was right there, you might say, hey, kids, come over to our place. But if I'm not there, you'd probably say, hey, kids, we're coming over to my place. If we're on a podcast and I'm sitting across from you and we're talking to our audience. But I'm talking about my Mother's Day celebration. That's what was in my head. Our house. Our house. Okay. (laughs) I said, I decided to throw a Mother's Day barbecue for myself. Yes. Our house is what I should have said. Right. Gotcha. I live there. (laughs) You do. Just when I get in the mode of saying my, my, me, my, when I'm talking Mm -hmm. about, and then that's, okay. Anyway. Wow. Back to the story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I love you, baby. <laughs> or do you? Of course I do. <laughs> okay, whose house is it? Our house. Uh, in, in the, the middle, middle of the street. Our house. Oh ding, 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 I think ding, everyone ding. else thought that too, right? <laughs> everyone else thought Raise that. Raise your hand. They're all raising them. Yeah. Okay, anyway, back to my barbecue at our house story. Guess who did the barbecuing? You did. You fucking crushed it. Yeah, so did you enjoy your barbecue at our house when I barbecued? This is part of it, you guys. Okay, to be fair. Just go with it. Just go with it. Um, (laughs) It was my idea to have the barbecue. It was Uh a barbecue to have my kids over for my mother's day. That's true. They are your kids. And I purchased the hot dogs. Oh, my god! Although I think you purchased the beef. (laughs) At a previous occasion. This is insane. And I made the patties. This is a ridiculous wait, wait, wait. conversation. I made the patties. I moved the barbecue grill to uh, the appropriate place. But okay. yes, Mary, you cooked them. Okay, we can all agree it was our cookout. First of all, who says barbecue? Unless you're making actual barbecue. Well, that's because you're from the South. I'm not from the South. Barbecue. I'm not from the South. Atlanta. I mean, I live there, but I You lived there for all there. of your barbecue years. I say cookout. Or yeah, it's also grill. a barbecue. Really? Yeah. Where in the Why world? Why don't you come over for a barbecue? Everywhere else. <laughs> Listeners, oh my God, please call me. I'm going to throw a shrimp on the barbie. No, people will say, hey, let's have a barbecue. Or a cookout. I never use the term cookout. <laughs> you haven't? No, I don't. I never have. <laughs> We're going to wheel up the Weber. <laughs> okay, for real, listeners, this is another toaster versus toaster oven, I'm afraid. So are you barbecue team or cookout team? <laughs> well, if there's no barbecue sauce, is it a barbecue? Yeah, because you cook things on the barbecue grill. On the You can have a barbecue with, like, vegetables and no sauce. Because <laughs> it's on the barbecue grill. First of all, who says barbecue grill? No one says barbecue grill. Everyone says barbecue grill. <laughs> Seriously? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> barbecue grill. That's what it is. It's a barbecue grill. Now, how do you spell it? Do you spell it BBQ? If I'm texting, <laughs> yes. Because I never quite spell it correctly this if I try This is a funny to... conversation. <laughs> Did we get a little side... We're not sidetracked, by the way, because we are talking about no. my Mother's Day barbecue. See, she just did it again. My Mother's Day barbecue. <laughs> You're not the mother. <laughs> but I did the cooking. But I formed the patties and I purchased the hot dogs. And I moved the barbecue grill oh, to a spot to She hooked up the propane. She did. You're damn right I hooked up the propane to the barbecue grill. <laughs> wow. Anywho, I think we need our listeners to sort of like dive into that and really like pull it apart and, and unwind it and untangle Where's it. Where's Kimberly when you need her? Kimberly! Kimberly Anderson! Who's right? Who's right? Who's wrong? No, no, no. We're not arguing about the terminology of the grill itself. It's whose house is it and whose party was it? That's it's what we're talking about. It was about. at our house. Mm-hmm. It's a Mother's Day party. Yes. I am a mother. It was our party. <laughs> baby. It was. It was. But you are the mother. Mm -hmm. That is true. So if I were to say, so I invited the kids over for our Mother's Day barbecue, would that sound weird? Our Mother's Day barbecue? Oh my God. I'm so bored of this conversation. (laughs) So our listeners, they're they're changing the channel. They're like, I think I want to listen to Bryce Blankenagle now. Uh (laughs) Love you, Bryce. Can we get back to the topic at hand? Okay. How it went with the kids. Okay. How it went with the kids. Mm -hmm. So I did not think that Gavin would come. I basically expected that he wouldn't come. Mm -hmm. 
Because he hasn't bothered to like breach the subject. You guys haven't talked in a while. No, no. We had like a therapy session and mm-hmm. he got some stuff off of his chest and asked for space. And I have been honoring that boundary uh-huh. that he's given. And uh-huh. so it's kind of the ball's in his corner. And so I just assumed that since we haven't really spoken that he wouldn't come. And lo and behold, the 12 passenger van pulls up with Gavin driving, Lincoln passengering, and all of the kids. Yeah. Just loaded up and ready to go. And they, all seven. All seven. They, how many, Mary? Seven. <laughs> you should see when Mary says seven, she like kind of, like, twig, there's, a, there's a little tweak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> I think. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this was the first time having the kids over at our house. And they were so excited to see it and be inside of it. And well, I mean, to be fair, we had just been in since two days earlier. Oh, we'd spent the entire morning and afternoon unpacking boxes so that you could actually see the main floor, which is, yeah. it's, it's a great house. We There's busted a, our asses to get that ready for the cookout. We did. We did. Or the barbecue. Or the barbecue. Whatever. whether <laughs> You know, if you want to be right or wrong about it, whatever you want to use. <laughs> Uh, so they came. I was thrilled that Gavin came. Um, he was kind of the last one to get out of the car because he heard the van because he was kind of locking things up or whatever. And the kids all came and hugged me and Gavin came last and I gave him a hug and I just said, I'm so glad you came. Thank you. That's great. And he said, happy Mother's Day. And then the kids gave me cards, the ones who made cards. Mm-hmm. And I would like to read two of the cards. Okay. From Smashy, the soon-to-be seven-year-old. Uh-huh. She made me a card and there's like a teddy bear on the front of it. To mom from Cassidy, I love you, mother, I love you, happy, I love you again, (laughs) and heart, 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 day. (laughs) You open it up and it's a twofer. She has two dear mom messages. The one left says, dear mom, my birthday is close, and when I go to your new house, I hope you make it special for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about me. That Cassidy, she's always looking out for number one. She's got to put a plug in for herself. Yeah, don't forget my birthday, mom. And then the other side of the paper, it says, Dear Mom. <laughs> it's like it's like on both sides. <laughs> Dear Mom, I love you. You're the best mom that could ever be alive. <laughs> I hope when it's Sunday, the coronavirus doesn't get in the way. Love, Cassidy. <laughs> Sunday being Mother's Day. Uh-huh. I think it's funny. So the one she wrote about herself was first. It was on the left. Yeah, read this first. So I'm wondering if she wrote this thing about you know, make it special for me and my birthday's coming up and then thought, oh, I probably should write something nice for mom. So then on the other side. Well, <laughs> Brent said, hey, you guys are going to go over to mom's. You might want to write her cards. So a bunch of the kids wrote cards. And I bet Cassidy wanted to show Brent the card, all proud of it. And then Brent was probably like, um, you might want to write something to mom too. I'll ask him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Then Philip's card, which is always the best. I'm barely legible on the outside. It says, happy, I'm assuming that's Mother's Day. You open it. It says, dear mom, you are the best mom ever. And how is your new house? I know you don't have much money, so here. And then he put a dollar bill. <laughs> a one dollar bill in my Mother's Day card. <laughs> that kid cracks That's not me the up. first time he's given you money. No, I think on my last birthday, you know, he slipped me a one. <laughs> Here, Mom, I know you don't have a lot don't of money. Don't spend it all in one place. Where is he getting this money, by the way? He's probably stealing it from his brother's rooms and, like, I'm going to give this to Mom. Does he have an allowance? Does he do chores? I don't know. Who knows? He probably just found it in a sofa cushion and was like, I'm going to give this to Mom because uh-huh. she doesn't have a lot of money. That's funny. 
What can you even buy with a dollar these days? Not a lot. You know, even at the dollar store, shit costs more than a dollar. Uh-huh. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like dollar or more store. And with store. tax, it's always going to be more than a dollar. Yeah, so. that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So can't thanks, get Philip, but I can't buy shit. Maybe in 20 <laughs> years of you slipping me $1 bills. <laughs> you could buy a stamp. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, you could do that. And, and with send that him stamp, card back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln, my oldest, he brought us a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, what's it called? Nine 19 crime? Crimes. 19 Crimes is one of my favorites, and he knew that. And he knows that we like the nautical theme, so he got the bottle of wine, and he wrapped the top of it in, like, nautical rope. Made it look really cool. Uh-huh. I think I was like, uh, so wait a minute. Let me do the math here. You're 20. And you have a bottle of wine, which you need to be 21 to purchase. How did mm-hmm. that work? Mm-hmm. And what did he say? Like, Don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, something? don't tell. Or what you, what you don't know can't hurt you. Or, <laughs> or something, something like that. Like, right, cool. Thanks, Lincoln. <laughs> and he also made a tray of brownies with caramel sauce on top. He's yeah. just a nice, caring kid. He is yeah, a nice he's kid. A good kid. And he helped us uh, move a load at the house. It's so true. that was really nice of him. It's too. true. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Uh, one part that was very enjoyable as well is... Like, if you're standing in the kitchen, if you look towards the wall, and on the other side of the wall is the living room, there's like a big square pass-through kind of wall. Window. Uh, kind of hole. What's it pass-through called? Pass-through window. Pass-through. Okay. There's a pass-through window. <laughs> Mary knows the term. <laughs> so, my two youngest, Philip and Smashy, thought it looked like a drive-through window, like at McDonald's. And mm-hmm. so... I got them two chairs, and they sat on the other side of the window and ordered food (laughs) from us. Uh I'll have a hot dog with ketchup, no Mm -hmm. mustard. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was awesome. It was great. And they sat there, and they ate in the drive-thru window. Yep, that happened. It's a true story. Yep. And another good thing is that Mary and Gavin had a little bit of a chat. I wasn't there for that. Well, I just was telling him that uh, I thanked him for coming and that it meant a lot to you. That he came. I said, I know it's complicated mm-hmm. and, you know, it means a lot to you that he was there. And he said, yeah, it is complicated. And he's like, but I wanted to come wish her a happy Mother's Day. So that thought that was nice. Was and nice. then he said that he's getting to know me through the podcast. He's listening to the podcast. Kind of scares the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> he's on episode 20. <laughs> so, you know, when you told me that, I was like, oh, my God. Shit. And then in my mind, I'm thinking of all the things that we've talked about and blah, blah, blah. And then finally, I was like, you know what? If my kid wants to really know the real me, there you go. I yeah. mean, we are, we are basically uncensored here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, we're uncensored. Um, if he listens to all the episodes and decides he hates me, then, you know, then he hates really who I am. And if he listens and he I understands mean, me better. Honestly, there's a lot that you have left out actually, to protect your family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's for always sure. more to tell. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'll be in the uh, uncensored book, <laughs> releasing right. 2021. I'm just kidding. We haven't even started the book yet, so. Yeah, so that was a good, it was a good day all around. I think so. And the kids play with the dogs. Oh. Who knew? Our dogs chase balls. Our dogs are retrievers. I-, I had no idea. We hadn't a clue because we have only taken them to fenced-in uh, dog parks. But at a dog park, our dogs never... Well, they're more interested in the other dogs than yes. chasing a ball. Right. We can't get them to chase a ball at a dog park. No, no, no. But man, they were going after it. Oh, Bitsky, Domino, the spotty one, he would have chased that ball for oh, days. all day. Mm-hmm. So all the kids got to take turns throwing it. It's a, it's a good size yard. It's big. Oh, yeah. Wore those dogs out yeah. chasing balls. And the dogs brought the balls back to the kids. That's well, what that's, I'm so impressed Yeah, with. that's the retriever part. I know. It is impressive. See, who's a good, who's a good dog trainer? Huh. <laughs> Was there training? There was none. 
There was none. <laughs> Could you get him to stop barking and also walk on a leash correctly? I mean, I don't really have time for that, but <laughs> Eddie has a pretty sweet, you know, play dead party trick, and now they retrieve balls. They do. I think they train themselves to what do else? that. They're trained in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good day. It was. Had a good mm-hmm. time. Lots of fun. Yep. Probably one of my best for best, me. Best uh, Mother's Day? Uh, yeah, because... Last Mother's Day, I don't know why I can't remember this, but I really do think that it was held at Brent's house. And I don't know why I think that, but for some reason that's in my head. Hmm. Um, because you don't remember them coming over. I just don't remember it. I don't, did you block I don't, it out? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what we did, huh. honestly. Yeah. So it was that memorable. Yeah. And before that would have been like the year of the, of the divorce. So I'm sure that wasn't, you know, roses. Huh, I don't know. And then before that would have been like your Mother's Day where my kids are younger and I just don't want them around. You know, like for Mother's Day, Brent, can you please take the kids away for a day and just let me sit and eat bonbons and watch soap operas? Like, let me have a day for myself. Um, but this one was great because, I don't know, I was just happy. Yeah. I'm very happy with it. Good. I love that. You deserve that. It was a nice day for you. It was. Thank you. Um, speaking of recapping, so last week we had talked about your friend Betty and the hoops she had to go through to get her name off the ceiling list or whatever the fuck it is for the Mormon church. She needed to get unsealed. Unsealed. A temple temple divorce. divorce. Okay. Yes. And uh, you had talked about this online mm-hmm. in one of the Reddit groups or something. Yeah, I posted on Reddit and basically what was so offensive to me and the rest of the world who's reading this is that one of the questions is write down every sin you have committed mm-hmm. since yeah. you were married. I mean, who can know all that? That's yeah, so but you stupid. also have to put down things that you've repented for, um, things that, that you have already um, served yeah. your time for. You right, know, you right, have right. to put everything down. Well, and you pointed out something interesting to me this past week that only women have to do this. And that's what I wanted to be. I was like, hmm, is that even correct what I said? And so I'm looking it up. So here's the thing. I'm not saying that men don't have to. I think that if men want a temple divorce, they do have to go through this questionnaire process. But a man, if a man who was divorced, regular divorce, not temple divorced, if he wants to get married again, he can. He can get temple married to, to more women okay. without getting a temple divorce. Gotcha. So it's uh, not as big a deal for him. It's not. On the flip side, no, no, no. A woman cannot get married in the temple again unless she goes through this fucked up process of, again, repeating all of her sins, what day, what time, what everything, to the Quorum of the Twelve. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. And so I posted this and read it, and a few people, well, pff, tons, we're up at almost 400 replies. This one person says, I've always heard men are still sealed to their ex-wives even if they get divorced. My wife's grandparents got divorced 40 years ago. Their ceiling was never canceled, even though they both remarried. Hmm. It's always been assumed by not only them, but the rest of the family that she'll go back to him in the next life since they never canceled the ceiling. He'll be a polygamist, and the poor second husband loses her as his current wife to him. So weird and sad. And probably fake, because I'm starting to think that this whole thing is fake. (laughs) And this is the funny thing, is we're sitting here discussing the ins and outs of this. We're like, well, how does it work? It's, it's all, all fake. Made up. It's just a bunch of shit. We're discussing <laughs> like fake shit. We're, we're, we're discussing nonsense words. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another person said, this is what I understood as well. And this is um, about like, did the men need to get their ceilings canceled if they get remarried? Ceilings which they don't. I know. canceled. This is fucking stupid. <laughs> this is what I understood as well. A friend of mine's dad is on his seventh temple ceiling and he's still pretty well respected in his ward. 
My friend's mom, wife slash divorcee number one, is really pissed that she's stuck with her ex in the celestial kingdom, but would never consider getting unsealed to him. Hmm. Because you have to be sealed to go to heaven. Even if you were sealed to fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> you made the covenant. God has to have married heterosexuals to get into his version of heaven. Mormon yeah. God has to have that. Well, yeah, Mormon God's an asshat. And he only will honor a heterosexual marriage. <laughs> of course. So you get to heaven's gates. Knock, 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 knocking on heaven's door. And let's say you die at 21 years old mm-hmm. on the eve of your wedding. Mm-hmm. And you get to heaven. You are not allowed in because you were not married. Well, if you were true and faithful, you— (laughs) There's always a loophole. Of course. If you were true and faithful, (laughs) God will assign you to a man, to a worthy man, so that you can be in the celestial kingdom. Because you can't be in the celestial kingdom as a single person. That's so stupid. So stupid. (laughs) I'm starting to think it's all fake at this point (laughs) now, too. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it's blowing up on Reddit right now. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Because mm-hmm. P- I didn't know about this. The I website? Had no, yeah, I had no idea because I I don't know anyone who's done a temple divorce. And then out of the blue, one of my best friends is like, oh my God, Shelly, check this out. And she sends it to me and I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. And clearly most people don't know because when I posted this in Reddit, people are flipping out. Yeah. Well, thank you, Betty. Um, Betty, you're giving is... something for people to chat about. It's <laughs> an interesting uh, topic of mm-hmm. discussion. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Well, well, I think the only thing that can follow that up is a foom pod. We haven't done a foom pod in a while, I don't think. It's been a day or two. Yeah. Should we? we... Cue music. <laughs> can I say it? <laughs> cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Jelly, what is today's foom pod? Well, Mary, today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is celestial smile courtesy of jeff b thank you jeff for sending that in uh fuck you jeff just (laughs) kidding thank you jeff um celestial smile celestial smile so (laughs) do you remember fantasy island did you ever watch that when you were a kid i did the plane right the plane the plane and mr rourke is always like smiles everyone smiles right Mm -hmm. i just feel like you have to smile for for God to get into the celestial kingdom. You have to always put on a smiley face. You know what's funny <laughs> what? is that what you're thinking and telling me is incorrect, but what you're thinking and telling me is actually super correct. I, I have no idea you what will, you're talking you're, about. You're gonna, okay, just <laughs> bear with me. I mean, I'm going to give you a buzzer because what you're actually thinking is not right. So what does celestial smile actually mean, <laughs> Shelley? So I wanted to give a good definition and I stumbled on this website. I think it's run by a Mormon, so, you know, I'm not going to give it out. Whatever, I will. ModernMormonMen.com. Oh, my God. This is a real <laughs> re- website? It is. <laughs> and there's an article called Mormon Radar, How to Spot a Mormon. <laughs> Look Ready? for the garment line. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what it is. It's on your, it's your collar underneath yes. your shirt. That's your celestial smile. <laughs> so if you think about it, the answer you gave was like, oh, the only way you can make God happy, this is how we please God, this is how we get into heaven. Oh my That's God. also true because if you don't have the celestial smile of the garment. You can't get in there. You can't get into heaven. Wow. So maybe I get a partial bell. Fine. Redo. 
<laughs> okay, let me read this. This article, it's pretty funny. Gaydar is the ability of homosexuals to intuitively recognize one another. Mormons seem to have a similar instinct of detecting other Mormons, not homosexuals, although gay Mormons may have both powers. They are like superheroes. <laughs> That's what this says? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mormon radar, Mormondar, and Modar are differing terms that describe this skill. I can't decide which one I like best. My Mormondar seems to be pretty dang spot on. Ask my wife. I'm not quite sure when I realized I had it, but grace to grace, it has developed into a well-oiled machine of discerning efficiency. Unlike Gadar, Modar cannot be purchased with money. I don't know what that would mean. What? Well, yeah, because you have to purchase the garments. Oh, there you go. But don't worry. <laughs> here are some tips on developing your own clairvoyance. Know what to look for. Be perceptive of the telltale signs that make us visibly unique. Us, nothing. You. I don't know why that shit anymore. Mm. Clothing. Mormons love to layer clothing. A t-shirt under a tank top or dress is common and super ugly. I a said, t-shirt I said the ugly part. under a tank top. So does he mean garments when he's saying no, t-shirt? No, no, no. This is the, I'm not to the garment part yet. Who wears a t-shirt under a tank top? Mormons. Because they got to cover their garments. The garments go okay, down to wait, like wait, here. Wait, wait, wait. Oh my God. So they have, a, they have the garments that basically are like some weird t-shirt material. Sort of, uh-huh. It's not a t-shirt material, but it's like a silky it's fabric, yeah. material that's like a t-shirt. It kind of yes. looks like a t-shirt. Correct. So they're wearing that first. Yep. Then they're wearing another t-shirt. Uh-huh. And then a tank top. Yes. Why even bother with a tank top? Because you're trying to be stylish? Do you remember I don't know. when we were watching Goonies uh-huh. and your daughter Sabrina's like, what's with the shorts over the sweatpants? Remember Josh <laughs> Brolin was wearing... Yeah. Shorts over his sweatpants. Yeah, we're like, it was the 80s. <laughs> it was the Sabrina, 80s. It was the 80s. So who, again, back to my question, who the fuck wears a tank top over a t-shirt? It's the weirdest Mormon thing. women. <laughs> also, imagine like a super cute sundress, you know? Sure. Like a strap. They wear t-shirts under the sundress. To hide the garment. I did that. <laughs> Hideous. Hideous. Okay, moving on. Shorts that are just a little too long. These are things that you look for that, Mm -hmm. you know, your Mormon are. Shorts that are a little too long and slightly dorky are a dead giveaway. Also, nothing screams priesthood quite like socks and sandals. Really? It's not like you have garments on your feet. Why do you have to wear socks with your sandals? There's a lot of real dorky Mormon men out there. (laughs) Yeah. All right, garments. Look for a white T-shirt under a T-shirt. Who needs to wear two T-shirts? The celestial smile can be seen from a mile away. The half-inch line above the knee is harder to spot. That's the other one. But can be seen by the trained eye. Also, beware. I've heard of men putting electrician's tape there to bait and switch the young women. I heard of that, too. Oh, so they can have them a little higher? No, 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 no. So guys that were trying to date chicks, and they didn't have garments, they didn't go on missions or anything, they would put tape around where the garment hem line would be. So if a girl, like, puts her hand on his leg or whatever, she feels a garment line, and she's like, oh, good, he's worthy. Oh, my God. First of all, (laughs) what virginal young woman is putting her hand on a man's knee? That doesn't happen. I mean, maybe just like in a flirtatious form, or that you can see it. You can see the hem line. Mormons are so fucking nutty. (laughs) It's really nutty. (laughs) And that is celestial smile. Celestial smile. It's basically a way to judge others. You can look for the garment line so that you know that they're worthy. And for the rest of us Gentiles, we get to laugh and point. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everybody's judging everybody else. Mm -hmm. There you go. When we were on our cruise, there were a few Mormons on the cruise as well, we could tell, because, you know, we're on a cruise ship and there's this lady— 
walking around in shorts to her knees. Mm-hmm. Who wears short to their knees? Unless they- you're a lesbian. Well, she wasn't lesbian. She had her kids with her. But no, you are right. But lesbians are typically not they're wearing those. They're called Bermuda shorts. <laughs> yeah, but they're not wearing. <laughs> you would know. They're not wearing their Bermuda shorts to cover their garment line. They're just showing their gayness. I'm going to start putting duct tape hems under my shorts and freak people out. You do it, baby. <laughs> you do that. People will be wondering, what's up with her? <laughs> what's up with that lesbian? What's with the lesbian Mormon? <laughs> uh-huh. And here's the thing is the women garment lines are a little harder to detect because they don't have like a thick band on them. But oh, the okay. men's have more of like a thicker band. I see. But you can see it in the women too. It's, this is, it's an entire culture in and of itself. Garment wearing, you could write a book about the ins and outs of garment wearing. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. So ridiculous. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jeff B., for that foam pod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, appreciate it. I mostly was stumped. You were. But I was sort of on the right track. You were, but but you were thinking. I wasn't thinking close. Actually smiling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't thinking close at all. I was thinking like you fake smile for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we do that too. What can we say? All right. Jesus is probably like, stop that. You're embarrassing. It's like, it's all fake, kids. I know it. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh Fake Jesus is calling everybody on their fakeness. (laughs) (laughs) A little hypocritical. Probably. Fake Jesus telling me my religion's fake. Fake Jesus, you don't get to tell me that Mm -hmm. my religion's fake. Yeah. Okay. So last week we talked about a new segment. Was it last week? We were talking about Fanny Fact Check is going to have a new segment. I don't know when we were, but we meant it. Yeah. And I lovingly refer to this as the triple D. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Guy Fietti or whatever your name is. Mm -hmm. Um, This is our own triple D. Mm -hmm. And let's turn it over to Ben and then uh, in turn Fanny Fact Check herself Mm -hmm. To give you all the ins and outs about it. Yeah, you got to go through the priesthood first. For sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. And now we turn the time over to Sister Fanny Fact Check. Happy Sabbath, sisters. And thank you, Brother Ban, for being an unwitting part of the power structure in a cult of hetero-fetishistic oppression. I am so honored and humiliated to be featured in your new choice and special feature, Diving Deep into Doctrinal Dire... I mean, Diving Deep into Dire Doctrine. As you know, Joseph Smith was a truly true prophet of the Lord, who was perfect in every way and never did anything in his entire life that would make any mid-20th century middle-class white American nervous or uncomfortable ever, ever, ever. And no one in the whole Mormon church history ever did anything like that either. So Bryce Blankenagle can suck it. He and other scholars may find things to be ugly about, but as we dive deep into dire doctrine, we will be putting all the bullshit-scented whitewash right back on. So if you or your in-laws find something on the Googles that makes the church look as if its members have ever been human or ever been wrong or ever been bad or racist or sexist or even naked, if it seems like the leaders have ever not been a dark suit and a white shirt, our dives into dire doctrine will put your delusions, self-righteousness, and psycho-spiritual manacles right back where they belong. Well, thank you, Fanny. Sister Fanny. Sister Fanny, fact check. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to that segment in upcoming episodes. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about the doctrines of the gospel. Yeah, as interpreted by Sister Fanny, fact check mm, herself. Love it. Can't I love wait. it too. 
Um, speaking of segments, new segments. So we dusted off the LDL singers for mm-hmm. a new segment <laughs> because we thought about journaling. Yeah. Did we talk about this on an episode? I think I did. I think I was asking you what's up with journaling when you're Mormon. You well, know, how did that come up? Well, we were just talking about it last time. Okay. Well, and good. I don't remember why. I don't know. Um, but it's not turned oh, into a segment. I know why. Oh, what was it? What was it? Because Betty's mother sent her all her shitty journal That's entries. That's right. That was last episode. About how crappy her kids are. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's mom, you saw. <laughs> On their birthday. Yeah. 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 So then I was thinking, wow, Shelly, do you have some of your journals that we could read on the podcast. And magically, I do. Mm-hmm. So here's that segment. It's called, like, Shelly's Journal Journey, I think. Okay. Let's, let's <laughs> see. Let's see what it's called, Mary. Cue music. <laughs> Gonna read from this here journal, even though it's triggering. Yeah, we'll read from this here journal. It's Shelly's Journal Journey. Yeehaw. Okay, Shelly, are you ready to read today's journal entry? I am, but let me back up. I started reading through these entries because I found my journal as we were moving. Right. And this journal, the first page says, Personal Journal of Michelle Elaine Johnson. That's my maiden name. (laughs) From May 2nd, 1995 to, and then I never finished all the pages. (laughs) So it's not very good at (laughs) journaling. As I was reading through some of them, one of the takeaways to me was, you know what? I have been so honest on this podcast. Yeah. Because as I'm looking through these entries, I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I felt this, this was how I felt, but I kept interpreting those feelings as me being not good enough. Right. You know? Right. I think we talked in channels. We talked to people about if they journal or not, and that journaling can be a very wonderful, wonderful thing, but most Mormon journals, especially the women, are filled with page after page of them not being good enough. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do this? Why did I get mad at my kid for that? I wish I could blah, blah, blah. It's it's all not being good enough. Yeah. And tons of people in channels were, were like, yep, same. My journal is all a big piece of guilt and shamey shit. Go yeah. Mormonism. Yeah, it'd be interesting if you are a male listener and you journaled when you were a Mormon or a religious be interesting to see what your journal entries say. Yeah, yep. Let true. us know. Mm-hmm. We're definitely curious about that. Yeah. If anyone wants to send in like screenshots of any of their oh journal my God. pages, for sure. Do it. Yes. We shall read. Yep. So as I was reading some of this to Mary, she's like, Are you sure you want to read this? And and I go, <laughs> Yeah, I sound like such a fucking idiot. <laughs> so many times. So oh I'm God. gonna go forward to I'm just gonna give you a little. This is going to be a long episode, so I'm just going to give you just a little, a little bitsy bits here. Okay. This is from May 4th. What back year? In, uh, 95. Okay. I'm not married yet. I'd met Brent. Um, Brent and I got married in 96, so. So you were <clears throat> dating, weren't you? Yes. Yes, yes. He was in uh, California at the time. He'd flunked out of BYU and moved back in with his parents in California to go to community college. Yeah. I flunked out of BYU, too, so I can't, you know, I can't really. I didn't realize that, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here was my entry. A few minutes ago, while reading my scriptures, I set myself a goal. I want to be done with the Book of Mormon by June 12th. That isn't a special date or anything, but if I read three chapters a day, that's how long it will take. I can do it. I want to do it. At this point in my life, I had never read the Book of Mormon from beginning to end, and I felt like such a piece of shit because I had never finished it. All right. And at this point, I was at BYU, and I was, you know, trying— to be worthy of 
temple, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There's my word. Because I had just come from school in Arizona where I was like having sex and drinking and then... Yeah, wild child. Wild child. And now I had free tuition at BYU because my dad was a mission president. And so I needed to go to BYU to get free tuition. Um, so I had to lie on my ecclesiastical endorsement to get in. And <laughs> then, of course, I was like, I got to get my life together. I'm getting older. I need to get married in the temple, blah, blah, blah. So here I am trying to set the goal to read the Book of Mormon. All righty. I've been having sort of an inner conflict with this forgiveness thing. When the bishop asked me if I thought I'd been forgiven, I couldn't really answer. I don't feel guilty anymore, and I don't feel like I'm living in sin or anything, but at the same time, I don't feel on top of the world. I really don't know. So which sins are you referring to? Um, so when I got to, to BYU, uh, I did like a year of school, I think, and then I just felt super guilty and went into the bishop and told him about like, having sex and drinking, okay. you know, all all of the fun college stuff that had gone on before I went to BYU. Did you get the impression from the bishop that you were actually forgiven? They were asking me, and that's the thing. It's like, when you tell someone, well, do you think you're forgiven? But you've been taught your whole life that if you're living your life clean, then you're happy. But I have depression and anxiety undiagnosed back then. Mm -hmm. And so I would have these horrible days where I just felt down. And like today, I just was kind of in a a depressed, pissy mood today. Mm -hmm. So having that depressed, pissy mood back when I was trying to get into the good graces of God, to me, was a sign that I had not been forgiven because I Mm -hmm. wasn't happy. Yeah. So in my mind, no, I was not forgiven. Okay. But the bishop didn't give you any sort of attitude like, you're not really forgiven. Um, no, but in my mind, you know, because they asked these these super uncomfortable questions like, did yeah. you have an orgasm? Did you? I and know. I didn't. Well, and if you watch that um, Godly, Godly Sorrow, Sorrow oh, video. Oh, just you wait a yeah. few segments in of this. Yeah. I get to the part where you I talk am. talk about that. Yes, I'm staying in Germany with my parents, and my dad had these copies of these uh, seminary, the brand new seminary videos, and Godly Sorrow was there, and right. I watched it over and over, and just you wait till like, yeah. I read to you all these Well, and entries. in the Godly Sorrow video, you never really get the impression that the bishop thinks she's ever worthy or forgiven. You know Are what you I mean? sure the bishop never smiled? The bishop never was like, you got this. Yeah, it, it wasn't you know, like it's rooting okay. for her. I, yeah, no, I get it. You feel bad. Almost make mistakes. looked like he had pleasure in telling her she had to t- uh, postpone her temple marriage. Oh, for sure. Like, he got something from yeah, her. Yeah, just like the last episode I talked about. that over her. Yeah. Last episode, I talked about my sister-in-law having to change everything up at the last minute because she got word that they were not allowed to be sealed in the temple because they wouldn't grant her the temple divorce Uh because they didn't think she'd repented enough, even though it was years later. Right, right, right. Fuckers. Yeah. So these priesthood holders that just get to have so much control Mm -hmm. over lives of people because people feel like they're—I just— It's They get off on the authority, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, For sure. For sure. Anyway, back to your uh, journaling. Yeah, I got one more little part, and just this gives you like a window into me here. So this is May 8th. It's like a day or two later. Yesterday, I experienced the most wonderful three hours of church in all my life. By the way, three hours of church is never fucking wonderful. I'm sorry. <laughs> never. I'm not going to write it in detail because I already wrote the whole story and sent it in a letter to Brent. I was always trying to prove to him that I was spiritual because he was a return missionary. (laughs) And I felt like like a shitty whore, you know, like I was a sinner. I wasn't a virgin. I hadn't read the Book of Mormon. 
so I was always like trying to prove to him my, my spiritualness. Yeah. Spirituality is uh-huh. probably the word. Sure. Okay. And then I quoted, it is when you start caring more about others than about yourself that you will find true joy. So there's that whole, you know, put everyone else before you. Mm-hmm. And I, I get the sentiment of caring about others, but the Mormon interpretation is light yourself on fire, trying to keep other people warm. Right. That's right, exactly right, right. what you, you sell out. You sell yourself. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I don't know where they get that because Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh. As you love yourself. He doesn't yourself. say more than yourself, huh? No, he sure doesn't. Ah, that Jesus, he knew what was up, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lastly for that day, I said, in Relief Society, I bore my testimony, exclamation point. My heart was pounding and I had got so many thanks afterwards. Uh- I never want to forget that Sunday as long as I live. <laughs> okay. I wonder what your testimony was. I, who the fuck knows? But, but I know the church is true. I'm sure that's what I said. <laughs> but when I said I got so many thanks afterwards or so many good comments or whatever, that filled me. You know, it yeah. was like, oh, people approve of me. Uh-huh. I'm not dirty. I'm not a whore. Right. I can be a good Mormon woman and people see me as a good Mormon woman. Yeah. Keep telling yourself. Yep. Yep. And then you told yourself for the next 20 years. Sure did. I know. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Well, that's going to be a little treat reading from your journal. A little triggery, not going to lie. But again, as I read this, I'm like, I was so fucked up. And yeah, I just wanted people to approve of me. Just you wait. Just you wait as we go through this. Okay. Should be a good time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whew. Okay. uh, Should we take a little break? And then we have a letter. Good, because I need you to talk now. I'm tired. Okay, I'm going to do some talking. Okay, good. Coming right up after the break. Hang on. We are supported by one damn good brew, apostate coffee. Specifically, the lesbian medium dark variety. A delicious roasty, toasty blend that's sure to make postal workers in remote Mormon towns super twitchy. (laughs) Yep, we have a firsthand account of that one. Sure do. This yummy java is roasted in small batches, so it's super fresh the moment it arrives at your doorstep. And hey, it's named after us, so that's reason enough to give it a shot. I know it. So ditch that grocery store crap and give the lesbian blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. Mm-hmm. We are back. So here we go. Shelly, it's time for this week's LDL Letter. So this letter came in a while ago, last fall, I believe. Sorry. Yeah. You know what? We're just still getting through them. I mm-hmm. love it. Keep sending your letters. Mm-hmm. So this is from Jenna. Jenna writes, Dear Shelley and Mary, I've been working on this letter for a week or two now. Of course, this is, you know, like six months or two Well, now. <laughs> if you're going to take that long to write it, we're going to take times 50 of that to read it. Okay, <laughs> That's Jenna? Right. That's what you get. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I keep rewriting it and thinking about it and writing it again, yeah. which feels therapeutic to me. I love that. Good. You know what? I love that so much. When we started the letters stuff, we were looking for content. And it's so nice to see that people are getting something out of it as they write them. That's, yeah. didn't see that well, coming. we didn't see any of it coming. We didn't know the letters were getting, even going to show up in the first place, no. you know? And then we realized, oh my gosh, why don't we share people's stories if they are open to that? I think yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. 
Jenna continues, thinking about my life and imagining a bunch of strangers listening to me is helping me reflect again about why I am the way I am. And that's helped me notice the progress I've made in my life so far. Sweet. I know. Thank you for that opportunity, Shelly and Mary. You're welcome. Sorry it took so long. Uh, I'm adding that. Gotcha. Also, not telling you how to run your podcast. Uh-oh. But for some reason, I keep imagining Mary's voice in my head reading my letter. <laughs> <laughs> you got your wish. There you go, Jenna. That is Mary. I will now <laughs> shut it. You can add commentary, Shelly. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jenna continues. I also wanted to mention that I live in Utah Valley and work with someone who worked at DJ Auto for a long time. <laughs> oh, DJ Auto. That's my brother's shop. Small world. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I got kind of excited when I heard the twice-removed connection between me and Shelly. <laughs> it's funny how things like that can feel exciting, even if they're not much of a coincidence. Well, I'm excited. I think it's a tender mercy. I think personally. so, too. Anyway, thanks for giving me an outlet to share my story. You are so welcome. Sorry, again, that it's taken this long. (laughs) When I was 13, I started noticing I thought a lot about other girls. I noticed I was noticing how beautiful other girls were. Well, they are. Mm -hmm. I thought about that a lot, by which I mean I thought a lot about how I was thinking about other girls a lot. Ah. Interesting. It was different. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, like she's noticing. She's noticing. Instead of just enjoying checking out other girls. Right. And distinctly remember feeling terrified I might be a lesbian. I was actually terrified because as a Mormon girl in small town Utah, being a lesbian was what, quote, rebellious and confused girls said they were. Not good Mormon girls like me. When I think about that time of my life, it's sad how scared and judgmental I was of people who were out of the closet. Yeah, you can relate to that, Shelley. Absolutely. I knew of girls who were bisexual and lesbian at school, but I didn't think bi was a real thing and didn't understand what it even meant. And lesbians were just damaged girls from bad homes. Wow. Yeah. I was basically Shelley's dad when it came to thinking that anyone who said they were lesbian was probably confused because they might have been sexually abused by a man. Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that, Jenna. No. I think that is... A common thought, right? Yeah. That doesn't we, make sense because yeah. it's like three quarters of women, by the time they're adults, have been sexually sure. abused in some way. But yeah. unfortunately, not three quarters of women are lesbians. <laughs> so, Shelly. <laughs> the sad thing about all that stereotyping is that my aunt, who is a hero for coming out in the 90s and was in the military, she says, wow. has been openly lesbian all my life and with one partner for as long as I can remember— And I believe her ex-husband was abusive. That's horrible. So so the the family assumption, of course, is that the abusive ex-husband turned her gay. Oh, sure. probably. Probably. Jenna says, I also have another relative who was sexually abused as a child and came out as bisexual and lesbian at different times. And I also attributed her sexuality to having been abused. Yeah. Here's a secret for you, Jenna. Go ask all of your heterosexual female family members if they've been abused, and most of them will say yes. Yeah, that's so common. Yeah, it fucking so sucks. So common. Or harassed in one form or another. Yeah, yeah, something. I think that I created a stereotype in my own mind to explain why they were attracted to the same sex, which my culture and Mormonism then cemented as being true about all gay people. Yeah, I think your dad has done the same thing, don't you think? Oh, for sure. When yeah. I came out to him, he said, well— 
I know that you know you mm-hmm. had some an incident of abuse as yeah. a child. Yeah. Like that doesn't make me gay, Dad. Yeah. And then I used that made-up stereotype to explain away other people's feelings. Yeah, Jenna, I get it. At the same time, I started noticing that I was thinking a lot about other girls. By the way, that included thinking about how some girls had nicely shaped breasts, she um, said. <laughs> underboob. Can we just say underboob? <laughs> we haven't talked about underboob in a while. Oh, we're talking about it. Mary's underboob oh my God. is phenomenal. <laughs> I haven't been embarrassed by that in a while, so it's time, I guess. Yep. I mean, seriously, it's it's amazing okay. on both sides. Thank you, God, or whatever, mm-hmm. if you believe in that sort no, of thing. thank you for not nursing a thousand babies like I did, <laughs> okay. and my underboob is not as Also, good. thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back to Jenna. I had an experience that looking back confirms to me that I was definitely feeling things and wasn't only thinking about girls as part of a phase. Mm. One day in gym class, some girls made fun of my friend and made her cry. Huh. She caught a frisbee. And since she's short and sweet and friendly and also had her hair in a certain style, something like two pigtails on the top of her head with her short hair, when she jumped up and caught it, the mean girls in class called her a dog. Aww. Fucking mean girls. Don't be mean. Kids can be cruel. It's so Mm -hmm. true. She's crying and I'm her friend, so I hugged her. And I remember this feeling. I felt a deep, protective feeling while I was holding her. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was a huge, muscular dude. <laughs> yes. In reality, I was a curvy girl of average height, and she's a very short girl. Anyway, Jenna says she felt like this huge, muscular dude who would have beat the shit out of anyone who dared eye his girl suggestively. Mm-hmm. Like I was a man and she was my girl. In my upbringing, that would be the only way for me to explain those feelings because the men are the protectors. I never thought of women as protectors or protective. Yeah, I totally can relate to this. Yeah. I remember being in second grade and I had a crush on a girl named Michelle and I had the same feeling. I just wanted to protect her. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I wouldn't have called it anything, you know, sexual back then. I was too young, but I just... I just wanted to protect her and be around her, you know what I mean? So what do you think that is? Is it because we're raised thinking that the man is the protector, and so that's, like, the strong trait that we want? Um, Yeah, Because, you know, what it was, gender is a construct. It doesn't have to be the man. The man isn't—doesn't have to be this big, burly protector. You know, women can take care of themselves a lot of the time. So what is it where, like, in our our gayness is kind of brought out with us wanting to protect women— well, I'm, I'm sure not every woman who comes out has felt that way. Sure. Um, but yes, I think that— But the butchy ones have. I'm just kidding. Sure, <laughs> sure. But, you know, and I just think that as a society, we are still taught that. Yeah. That the men are the protectors. And in some cultures, it's more prevalent than in others. But that's I think true. that is something that's still taught. We were watching— <laughs> Okay, COVID guilty pleasure, <laughs> number 322. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have introduced Mary to trash TV, okay? Uh-huh. So this was 90 Day Fiance before yep. the 90 Days. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Like, do I have this right? Yeah, good job. And one of the couples, this guy, was very traditional, and he's like, men are the protectors, and men uh, go out and work. And I mean, mm-hmm. he's very old-fashioned yeah. in his thinking. So this is not... Um, an old-fashioned way of thinking necessarily. Right. This is still prevalent. It's not prevalent. like 60 years ago, especially in other countries, I think. Oh, for and in, sure. And in different places in the United States, it's very oh, yeah. and traditional. And it's possibly 
I don't know that it's still and I hate it. taught overtly, mm-hmm. um, but it's certainly still implied, yeah. and that's the prevalent way of thinking. So when I was young and wanted to be around girls and I wanted to protect girls, I put myself in the boy spot as well. Mm-hmm. I thought of myself as a boy, and I actually had an imaginary girlfriend from go. a young age, like second grade. I always wanted to open car doors or you know doors to buildings for girls. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it because it made I I was afraid to do anything that made me look I guess masculine because my brothers would make fun of me and tell me, you know, go go sew something with mom. <laughs> um but I wanted to so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I had no one telling me that sort of thing. Well, that's good. So I just felt my feelings. Just felt mm-hmm. them. I'll open your feelings. Yeah, but to make sense of it in my head, I had to be a boy yeah. in my imagination because otherwise sure. it didn't make sense. I didn't know what lesbian was or what gayness was. I had no idea. Back to Jenna's letter. Sorry, Jenna. We're getting a little sidetracked. Mm -hmm. Dealing with all of those feelings and thoughts and worrying inside that I was a lesbian, you can imagine my relief when I noticed that I was also attracted to guys. Mm. I was so relieved and explained away my attraction to girls by saying to myself, I notice other girls because I wish to be like them. Yeah, I've heard that before too. Okay. I mentioned before, and I'll say it again, I honestly didn't think or believe that bisexuality was a real thing at all. I seriously thought it was made up. She started to think it was all fake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she actually goes on to say that she put it in like a category of Satan stuff. Bisexuality? Yeah. It's on an equal playing field with bestiality. Oh, bisexuality is? Any sexuality that's not heterosexuality and polygamy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Jenna says, something I had noticed about myself is that I often felt manly and macho and like a gangly teen boy, despite not being gangly in any way, around other girls. You know, I had girls growing up say, Mary, if you were a boy, would I be your girlfriend? Like, I heard that more than once. How many girlfriends did you have, Mary? Well, I was a polygamist, so. <laughs> Such a <play. laughs> I'm just kidding. Were they spiritual <laughs> spiritual wives? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a spiritual experience. <laughs> no, but, I mean, nothing happened. But yeah. they never said, if I were a boy. Yeah. It was always, if you were a boy, would I be your girlfriend? Right. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. They always put me in that role. They probably sensed your gayness. Mm, could be. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any underboob yet. (laughs) That's funny. Jenna says, I felt like a girl, just a tomboy type of girl. Yep, I get that. It wasn't just around my one friend in gym class that one time. So the girl with the pigtails. Yeah. It was around a lot of girls. I thought to myself, because I feel macho around girls, I must notice how feminine they are and wish that I was more feminine. So I'm noticing them because I want to be more like them. And both put myself down for my feelings and put myself down for not being feminine enough. Sound Mormon much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she sounds like a great little Mormon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so after I figured out I wasn't a lesbian, I went along my life as any other Mormon girl. I buried my normal day-to-day negative feelings, stressed over trying to be perfect and good enough and happy all the time, was horrified at myself for masturbating. Oh. Wow. And then finding out it was wrong, buried more feelings deep down when my parents got divorced as I was having a good attitude about it and needed to be the perfect and mature teenager who was above such negative and selfish feelings towards parents, had a boyfriend on the down low, confessed to my bishop for making out with that boyfriend too much, 
wrote him on his mission for nine months, then dear Johned him. <laughs> there you go. This might be a surprise Fumpod for Mary. You know what Dear John is. Well, it's a Dear John letter where you break up with somebody over a letter. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a Mormon thing necessarily. But I guess Mormons do that? Frequently. Really? They can't just break up in person? No, because the boys are on missions. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So typically what will happen is the boy will go on a mission. The girl's like, I'll wait for you. I'll write to you every week. And it'll happen for a few months. And the girl will meet someone else. And that someone else is like, oh, hey, let's get married. And so the girlfriend will Dear John the boy, and by the time the boy gets home from his mission, the girlfriend is married to someone else, probably has a kid on the way. Well, I guess Jenna did that too because she did marry someone else, another (laughs) return missionary. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yep, at age 19 in the temple, (sighs) Mm -hmm. of course. Way to go. She had a baby at 21. Yep. And then I left the church. Surprise everyone, Nice. So, Jenna, this is going to be a Mm two-parter. We are going to save the rest of Jenna's story for the next time we read a letter yep. on one of our episodes. Uh, we're getting a little short on time, so we're going to take one last commercial break and come back and talk about patrons and uh, Marco Polo channels. We've got exactly five. Oh, five patrons. And three channels members. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get to all that after this break. Stay tuned. We are back. Yes, we are. You know what's kind of funny about our podcast is sometimes we'll look at each other and think, what are we talking about on the next episode? (laughs) (laughs) And then there's always something. Do we have enough to talk about? And Mm -hmm. then an hour later, you know, we have more to talk about. Yeah, we're like, oh, we (laughs) We better better stop. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. We get to gabbing. It's funny every time. So let's talk about patrons. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. It was a good week. It was. It was a good week. Okay. We are starting to run low again. <laughs> I've been hoarding. You know how I do. I know how you do. I know. But page you're, number you're one. A prepper. I am a prepper. I'm not a prepper. Patron number one, Christy P. Okay. And her last name to me sounds like a fancy water. <laughs> Tell me. Perrier. Isn't no. that a fancy water? It is, but isn't there another maybe it's a fancy wine, a champagne. Did Jesus turn the water into fancy the fancy know. water into fancy wine? When I look at her last name, I'm like, isn't this some kind of fancy drink? It's not Perrier. No, nope. it's not champagne. No, is there a brand of champagne that starts with a P? E L. Are you thinking of Pellegrino? That's a water. Oh so gosh. I was right the first time. Shelly <laughs> needs to hydrate. That's what I'm thinking. She doesn't know anything about beverages. <laughs> I don't. I don't. So Christy Fancy Water, thank you for your support. Next is Jordan S. Does Jordan remind you of a beverage? Yeah, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, name me some some wine cooler brands. Gosh, wine cooler. This is all alcohol. Yes. Clearly, it's COVID. We're just drinking the days. Seagrams? Yes! (laughs) Her last name is, or him, it's Jordan, could be either. Very similar to Seagrams. Okay, so this is the beverage episode. This is the beverage episode. (laughs) Although the next one is not, I don't know how to put in a beverage, but this name cracked me up. Okay. First name, Lar, L-A-U-R. Last name, N-E-N. Lauren! (laughs) Someone's playing a joke, I think. Their name is Lauren, and they called it Lauren. Is that what you wanted me to say it like that? Lauren! (laughs) Oh, my God. You people are funny. (laughs) Funny. Or Lauren. You tell us. You tell us. Listen, if you're going to spell it weird, I'm calling you Lauren. (laughs) Thank you, Lauren. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Appreciate uh-huh. it. Uh, next is Haley F. Is this a beverage name? <laughs> I'm trying to come up with one, but I just can't. <laughs> but it does sound kind of like a German swear word. Oh. But not really. Well, the first beverage that came to mind was Frangelica. No. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's not the actual last name. It's not, but I love that you gave her Frangelica. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your patronage. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Haley Frangelica. <laughs> Lastly, patron is Elena W. W. <laughs> I slurred. Elena W. Uh, we're going to say that stands for water because that's what Shelly needs to drink it's right true. now. It's mm-hmm. true. Elena water. <laughs> Sorry, you got a lame-ass alcoholic <laughs> beverage. Elena, water. Well, unless it's wine. It could be water turned into wine. Okay, so Elena's best friend is Jesus. <laughs> so the last name water is okay. Water to wine. Water to wine. Thank you, all of our patrons. Yes, thank you all for your support. If you would like to join us on Patreon, get some ad-free episodes. By the way, Patreon's a little screwy right now. Yeah. Because for whatever reason... The ad-free episode posts uh, are now no longer audio posts. I don't I don't know what happened. You can't play the podcast episode. Right. We're working on it, though. We have put in some fixed tickets to Patreon. They're looking at it. However, if they can't get it fixed, like, within the next few days, we, as in Mary, because uh-huh. I don't know how to do this, uh, <laughs> Mary will upload them again one yeah, at a time. All of them. It's going to be a pain in the ass for her, but she will do this because $6 and above patrons, this is part of your reward for yeah, supporting us as you I get know. the ad-free podcast. I know. Have you heard back from them recently? Last I heard was last week. They were looking into it. I gave them more information. They were trying to find a fix. Uh, I sent in another message today. Okay. But they just can't figure out what happened, and we don't want to pass that crap on to our patrons. Well, and possibly it'll be fixed by the time this episode comes out. But if not, shortly thereafter. You can hear the very latest ones, right. and you can go to your uh, settings, maybe my my membership or something. Don't know. And you can find your personal RSS feed for the podcast. Yes. You can listen to them that way in an RSS player. Yeah. But otherwise, you can't just listen to them on Patreon but right we, this second. But we will get that corrected. We are going to fix that. We are. That is some BS. Mm-hmm. Right We've there. also been, though, recording a lot of just fun little videos that don't need editing uh, and throwing them up on Patreon. Lots of question and answer mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you are a patron and you forgot that you were a patron... Go to patreon.com slash Lesbian and check out the fun check stuff we've been throwing out. on there. Yeah. And if you would like to join us, I think I was in the middle of saying that, and then I sidetracked myself. That's what the sidetracks. I know. Please visit patreon.com slash Lesbian. Love it. I love it. And Marco Polo Channels. I don't think we've mentioned their names yet. We haven't. Can I go? I think you should. Andrea, or Andrea, I don't remember. Sorry, Andrea, Andrea. A. All well, the A's. thank you so much yes. for your support. And thanks for contributing. Yes. With videos on channels. Next, Brenda W. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda W. Brenda and I had a fantastic trip to New York a few um, weeks ago, actually just before co- the COVID outbreak. Yeah. We had a phenomenal time. When New York City became like the world's hot spot for yeah. COVID. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Pretty crazy. You were mm-hmm. right there. Next channels member <laughs> and last channels member for today is Natalie S. 
Natalie. Natalie's fun. She um, contributes quite a few videos, and she's always sitting in the exact same spot in her house every time she records. I've noticed mm-hmm. that, Natalie. Okay, well, we're watching. Switch it up a little bit, <laughs> would you? <laughs> anyway, Channels Funny. is a blast. Yeah, we have a great time. I love it. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to join us there, just check out our website at latterdaylesbian.org slash polo, mm-hmm. because Channels is brought to you by Marco Polo. <laughs> the yeah, app. Way to plug it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing, if you're looking for more of our voices, <laughs> the UC Places Travel Podcast mm-hmm. is where it's at. We're having a great time with that, so check it out. Yeah, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. All right, have we covered everything today? Ooh, that was a lot. Yeah, got it in there. Got it in. We're having to do a part two of a letter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was this just such a long about. episode today. I want to thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And remember, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.